Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. Hello again. Welcome to the Monroe Community Players Podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David Ward. Looking around the green room I see today. Robert Yeoman. Brian Burchett Ross. And bringing up the rear, Ron Roberts. Thanks. <laughs> and and just so you know, I, I, I for those who haven't figured out yet, I randomly point at them, and so they they pay no attention, and then suddenly it's like, oh, oh, it's me. Um, <laughs> it's, so just let you in a little there on how the sausage is made. Very much like a live performance. That. What? It's almost a live performance. I'm so happy to be back. Yes. Yeah. You're and back. It's good to be back. We've, this is episode 17 by my account. It um, is. It's actually been a month since our last recording session. We've, we've had to take a little break. Um, I was afraid I wouldn't be allowed back because let me tell you, Carol did an amazing nice. job. She is a firecracker when she gets going. Yes, she, she is. Yes, she is. And Carol, if you're look, re- listening, you're right. It wasn't called Hurricane. It was called a different thing, which I have the script for. But you are absolutely right. I was absolutely wrong. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I was right all along. Thank you. <laughs> or, or, or go back to episode 15 and you can find out more, I think. I think it was 15. Maybe it was the last one, 16. No, I think it was 15. 15. 15. 15, yeah. 15 yeah. We, we keep such such good, good <laughs> records here that um, even today's topic, I, I was wrong because we've already talked about it just an episode ago. And it's like, oh, well, okay, we can't do that. Um, <laughs> no repeats. It's not uh, summer But yet. when I said we had to take a break, of course, as you might have suspected, um, COVID was involved. Um, and uh, yours truly, uh, Full disclosure, somehow, despite my vaccines and masking and everything, I was able to uh, contract it because of my suppressed immunity system, or immune suppressed system, probably. And um, so just remind everyone to still be careful out there. Omicron is uh, pretty contagious. Um, But I thought it might be a good learning, yeah, talk about illnesses, and that could take us to a whole new podcast. (laughs) I I think just me, Bob together we could probably fill 10 15 <laughs> i've been filling out 10 to 15 forms every time i go to the doctor right there. We, you know i could we can tell you about some ailments i tell you uh don't you worry ron and brian your days are coming oh I, i'm aware uh, tick 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 time. tick um but but yes yeah, so covid's still nothing to fool around with but i, I think the teaching moment is you know i was in twilight of the golds which we just had a successful run of um, yes, we and, did. I don't have to promote it anymore. You don't no. have to promote it anymore, but we did have... Glowingly reminisce. We did in, end you. up, of course, mm-hmm. having to cancel, basically postpone a weekend. Yes. So what I kind of wanted to bring up for those groups that are afraid, oh my gosh, what happens if we have to postpone a show? What Can we go on? Can we do it? In our experience, we discovered that our audiences still came to the next weekend, even though we had to postpone it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, this, of course, is an advantage that we can have as a group that works out of the space, our own space, so to speak. You know, if you're renting something on a temporary basis like a high school or a college auditorium, it would have, it would have been very difficult for us to do this. But we were able to just say, okay, close down for a week. Right. Um, yeah, we were lucky. Come, come we had our own space. Um, obviously, it put a toll on the volunteers in a different way for our, our ticketing team, um, Andrea. Thank you so much. Love you, Andrea. Uh, so much. Thank you, Andrea. She, She's still she here. She stayed right on top of it, make sure that our <laughs> patrons were notified. Um, and to be honest, we aren't talking about hundreds of people. We're talking maybe about 100 people altogether by, yeah. over mm-hmm. the course of the, the weekend because um, it's a very small space that we were operating out of. You know, uh, 50 is a nice sold house for us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but you know it's the kind of thing where we had to reach out our patrons were totally understanding um we had maybe one group that uh, needed to get a refund and then they ended up buying tickets for the weekend yep. the show anyway right so so you know don't be afraid to make the right decision i guess is where i'm going with that yeah um but speaking of Twilight of the Golds, the Twilight of the Golds, I keep forgetting to put the there, just like the Ohio State University. Boo. Um, boo. <laughs> um, it was good to be, be in front of an audience again, um, which, which I say that like, you know, it hadn't just been one month since <laughs> <laughs> we were last in front of an audience. Um, but it was, was good also to show. have that people come nice. forward and tell us they listen to the podcast. And uh, they you know, did. I'm going to give a shout out to Leo Babcock. Oh, uh, who, who came forward said he enjoys yep. the show. Thank you, Leo. And uh, if yep. you want to see more of Leo, and I, I recommend if you can see this man on stage, see him on stage. He's mm -hmm. the kind of actor that I love to see audition, but I don't love to audition against. Yes, I can see that. Um, but he's uh, going to be in Pinkney Players' production of The Producers. I think that's coming up in April this year. Oh. Um, he's fine playing Leo Bloom, which is a role he's wanted to play for a long time. So He is definitely a music man. Yes. yes, he is definitely a music well, man. He he played the music man. And surprise! Did I do that. Yes. Yeah, it was <laughs> but it was good to hear from Leo. Um, a lot of a lot of theater has been going on since we've been together. I, I understand. I think Spotlight did Annie Junior. Yes, they did. Which I'm a little concerned about Devoe, because I thought we had all agreed there was only one Daddy Warbucks in this town. <laughs> I don't remember being cast for that. So <sighs> we'll, we'll have to bring that up. With her. <laughs> You know, I really did miss you guys. I just can't figure out why. <laughs> but, but I'm sure it was a great. I, well, I know it was a great show even without me. Yep. And, and speaking of Devoe, she just did a, a wonderful, more dramatic turn in a show called Dogfight. Um, so, so that's what she's been up to as, as one of our green room groupies out there. And uh, Carol, of course, was in the Twilight of the Golds as well. Um, so, so we're all. So that's what we've been up to as a gang. Um, Bob has has been dutifully keeping the chair warm. <laughs> it was nice to walk in and see him still sitting here. Just <laughs> Where did you guys go? <laughs> the abuse. Hear it now, live, on air in this podcast. You're all witnesses. Uh, no. I, it, it, <laughs> I, I'm going into one of my stuttering things. So. <sighs> Uh, but so I, I would like to say Twilight of the Golds, I thought, uh, was um, phenomenally uh, acted and was well-received uh, by uh, the group. I um, And I want to thank anybody who's listening who showed up for the show. I want to thank uh, the actors that weren't, that aren't here, that were in the show, that did an amazing job. And, of course, uh, our El De Facto host and Ron here uh, just uh, knocked it out of the park, as I knew they would. Though, though apparently I was the only one in the cast who didn't actually cry at any time during the run of the show. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, probably uh, because I was inflicting the pain. Absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. I saw tears in your eyes just once. When uh -oh. I stubbed my toe. <laughs> well, that, that might have been it, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I will say, um, from a performer standpoint, the audience was amazing. Um, if you came and saw the show... There's a scene in between my character and Andy Vale, who did a phenomenal job as Suzanne, um, where we discuss the pregnancy. And I have never been in a quieter room mm -hmm. on stage before in my entire life. And it was amazing to know that we had them all right in our hand. We could have done whatever we wanted with them. 
And I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but as the show went on, we drugged that scene out a little bit longer. It wasn't because we didn't know our lines. It's just I think we both felt that power. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, who's going who's gonna to make them, make them crack first? But it was. It was an amazing um, time to be on stage. Um, it's what that space that we, when we moved into that space two years ago, that's what it was meant for, for dramas and performances like that with that small, intimate setting where you can't even see the audience because you're so close to them. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and the fact that the spotlight, spotlight. is eye level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shining, that shining right in your eye. Um, which that, That's when you saw the tears. It's, it's, the corneas are being seared <laughs> yeah. every night. Uh, uh, but it was no. amazing. So, so kind of going along with uh, uh, talking about the audiences and the, and the power the audience has um, and how wonderful they were. I, it, and just so you all know, again, I'm the only one that actually has kind of a script for these shows in front of me. So, so everything that you hear coming out from everybody else is because they've got an idea of what I'm going to talk about. So, but they don't. So we are going to. <laughs> So I don't know if you just heard that noise. It was it was it was a cell phone going off in this room, Uh-oh. which is why I'm thinking I want to switch topics just slightly <laughs> on you all. <laughs> a couple episodes ago, we talked about what the hell is wrong with actors. I'd like to let's delve a little more into that kind of thematically and what the hell is wrong with audiences. Oh, oh, yeah. We, we never talk about the audience's role in in the theater. I mean, we always talk about the actors. We talk about the directors. We talk about um, stagehands and everything, but but I think it's important, as you just brought up, Ron, that the audience has a role to play as well, mm-hmm. as observer, and I think, I don't know about you guys, but I've got some pet peeves about the audiences oh, yeah. today, yep. and, and, and I think it's, you know, if we're going to get a controversial episode, maybe this is it. There we go. How, how do we offend them all? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have something to do with puppies and kittens. Well, oh, that'll offend everybody. Which you should not bring to a show. Oh, <laughs> slam. But no, uh, but, but like I said, you can sense when the audience is with you when you have the audience because of that collaboration. But there are things that, frankly, audiences, I think, these days are just not used to being in live theater and don't understand some of the rules. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. if a scene is very powerful, um, and this maybe is true more so in musicals when they do a big dance number or something, but not... but. It's okay when the light goes off to applaud. Yep. Yeah. You do not have to wait to the end of the show to applaud, even during a drama. If you think the actors did knocked it out of the ballpark, you can applaud when that scene changes. Am I wrong? Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. I'm going to disagree. Ooh. Ooh. They haven't been taught. Well, that's what we're doing right now. But I think what I'm saying is, in a small space as it was, we have a group that was delivering very powerful themes, very powerful language, and the reactions were beautiful. Most important, anything is not so much the script on how it's said, it's how it's received and how you react, others react to it. And I would say that people need to be trained how to behave at a theater, and I can't believe I'm actually saying that, but you don't go yeah you go right <laughs> while someone is lying dying right there's got to be i don't think there's any shame in having some shills in the audience <laughs> to get the applause going yes so yeah, i think I, plants are a good thing until people are trained 
Right. And not everything deserves a standing ovation for doing a bloody kick line. Though, for some reason, if you want one, do the kick line. (laughs) (laughs) We, we as a society, are cued. I don't know what it is, whether it's 10 people or an entire marching band kicking their legs at the same time. That just Everybody Everybody just just goes nuts. Look, none of them are crippled. Yay! Okay! (laughs) Um, But no, but in general, I think, yeah, one of the problems I have is that audiences don't know when to be quiet. Um, And sometimes we unfortunately encourage that if you... For example, have popcorn sales during live performances, which we have done. Yeah. But um, we were doing the Tempest, and all I could hear was the rattling of the bags and the popcorn and all that. And it's like, why are we doing this? It's you know, movie theaters. The 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 sound is turned up so high that you can be chirping or slurping and chomping the whole time. But in a live theater, that's not well. In a, in a small theater like ours, where we don't have a lot of we don't have sound equipment. That's not the case. Um, I think some of these bigger venues, you know, where everybody's mic'd is maybe a little different. But again, you're not taking popcorn into the theater there. Yeah. No, you're bringing your $30 glass of wine in there. Yeah. Right. Through in a sippy cup, by the way. Um, yeah, I think it's an amazing idea. Yeah. Um, that I heard uh, at a community theater association conference. Um, shoot. I, I should give a shout out, and I, I can't because I see her face and i'm just totally blanking and she's a, a dear friend i've known for 30 years Barb? <laughs> no 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 um she used to be at grand rapids well we can edit that out <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if you are this woman that she is re- he is referring to please thank you for that information oh, and we're she, gonna she, steal it yeah <laughs> no but but she she said sippy cups um, nice thing about that is, yeah, you, there's no spills, and you can take your wine in with you, because that's the main thing. Most um, managers' auditoriums are worried about is spills. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. want a sticky floor or a sticky armrest and seat, because goodness knows what that moisture might be. From. I was going to say that's a different theater we're talking about there, kid. <laughs> Bob. Thank you. Oh, we're me. going blue after two o'clock, huh? Okay. <laughs> Wasn't me. That's gross. Uh, but 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 again, and like I yeah. say, audiences should know when to be quiet too, and and that's during, mm. during the monologues or whatever. Yes. But but at the end of the scenes, you can applaud. Um, I think I've oh. told the story before. Mary Poppins, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You know, the audience just kept applauding and applauding and applauding and applauding, and it never occurred to a single one of them stand up. If the number's that good. Standing ovation during a show, trust me, no one's going to be upset with you. Which they did when we saw it in London after the end of Supercalifragilistic. It it started right in the front and it just was a big old wave that just. And again, to Bob's point, you've got to have a plant maybe. Yeah. Um, Somebody who laughs well, somebody who applauds often and early mm -hmm. and can whistle. Mm hmm. Because I was, um, it was after the show, talking to family and friends, and someone said, should we have stood up during that? I said, yes. <laughs> now, because, um, because the applause just, from my perspective, just didn't stop. Yeah. Um, it, it just, you know, it, yeah. it felt like minutes. It was probably seconds, but it felt like minutes. Um, but if you're reacting that strongly to something. Oh, absolutely. Uh, give it a stand, stand up. up and- I tell you, I've been to uh, concerts, uh, specifically with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. I'll tell you, their audience stands up for everything. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if they haven't got a standing ovation by the end of any, any number, but by golly, you know they didn't do a good job because this audience stands up for everything. They're trained. That's a better. 
Um, but no, but, but I think you're absolutely right to, that you know, people just need to be trained a little differently. And certainly we don't train not to stand up during the middle of a performance and leave. <laughs> Cell phone use is another one. You know, <clears throat> let me say on that, because that that's what I was going to mention. How many times can you get up there and say, please <laughs> silence your phones, and within the first five minutes of the show, you've got a phone going off. And, and of course, you know, I did my speech at the beginning of Twilight and, and the whole bit, and I watched everybody grabbing their phones and looking at their phones and adjusting them and whatever. I watched everybody do it. And then 10 minutes into the show, the phone starts going off. I'm like, Whoa. May I postulate it's, Mom, do you need me to pick you up? No, it's pretty good. I'm going to stay and watch it. <laughs> Well, all right, but they should have still put it on silent. <laughs> but, yes, I, I see what you're saying there. Now, <laughs> Do you want your out? <laughs> that particular one wasn't as egregious, I don't think. We did the Crucible back in, <laughs> no, you're, I think you're, we were on stage. Get ready to condemn, um, oh, gosh, what's this? What's Giles? But the, the main. Ion. There we go. Thank Ion's you. character. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, in the front row, there it goes. Oh. And they... Either we're going to choose number one to not do anything about it, or they didn't know how to turn it off. Mm. So but, here we are in a spot talking about killing this man. Ding, 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 ding. Come on, people. Come on. Now, I have heard that there have been moments on Broadway when certain celebrities, the phone will go off, and that celebrity will go off on that person. They will stop the show right away and say, no, 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 you're not doing that to him. Glenn, me or anybody else on here. Glenn Close did that routine. Did you? And basically she went, no, we'll wait for you. <laughs> I have already paid my ticket price to be here for years of acting for you to take over my role. <laughs> you know, it's Someone like, can do it's it like Glenn Close, Close was in the room with <laughs> I us. I know, right? <laughs> it, it, it felt real. Thank yeah. you. Where are the puppies? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> non sequitur to go back to my earlier one Jill Patchen thank you for the wine idea there, uh, there we go <laughs> finally came to me it's like no, no Jill for years but yeah no, the, the whole phone thing I don't I don't I don't get that. that's the first thing I do and I do it in a regular movie as well as a theater I turn everything off yeah. unless you're well in taping this, the movie and this was a problem even before I can so. either deny or confirm that it's, i remember this being a problem before cell phones even yes we had to remind mm-hmm. people hey if your watch has an alarm on it yeah silence or your pager goes your pager goes off yeah and and of course the favorite is no flash photography it confuses the, the actors, audience confuses actors. the actors and they want to they twist so fast to get their good side that <laughs> they lose their balance and fall but i don't think <laughs> we, I, I, i've never seen that as an uh, i've never seen that actually happen but i've seen the cell phones happen well, and it, it's interesting, too, because if you're in the audience and somebody's playing Wordle or whatever in front of you, that's the game du jour, you got this bright, shining screen just to roll in front of you, and that's distracting. Now, did yeah. that happen during Twilight? Did you see that? I did not see that. Okay, that's I'm good, just saying in general, well, my family I have been in, in, I've been in audiences where I see these glowing screens in front of me. Oh, yeah. And that's especially yeah. in the movie theater. Well, oh, I've, seen that just, I've seen it in a live theater. It's like the entire row is everybody doing something. Yeah. Well, it's like, I want to listen to the movie. Or more importantly, I want to listen to the preview to the movie that I'm probably not going to go see this year. 
What, what's more disturbing is exactly. I've, seen, I've seen it in live theaters where people have paid $100 or more a ticket oh, yeah. to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I seeing any screen glow at right. Hamilton? Yeah. All right, your ticket was right. comped? Your ticket was comped? Was your ticket comped? <laughs> Officer and a gentleman, we understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a support group for that thing. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's getting more votes than the actual play. Apparently the hamster did. came out just to see the results. <laughs> well, it's in Detroit right now. And, uh, oh, now you know, they advertise it in Detroit. And I'm thinking if you ever, folks, if you want to see a show that'll make you hate 80s music like you never thought you could, go see this show. Because I truly believe you have PTSD at the end of the show. You walk out going, just, I just never. Yeah. I remember the 80s. I remember the 80s. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> you, sir, are not the 80s. <laughs> Uh, Newton John in tights. Glad you, you glad you hit that button, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, we got all these running gags. We got to hit them. I got We got a quota here. <laughs> That's why I started right off with Annie. Yeah, I know. I know you went, <laughs> got it out of the way. We're done. You did. You did. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah. But but yeah, back to uh, audiences. <sighs> you gotta love them, no matter what. <laughs> well, because they put money in the pocket. It's more than that. I mean, without an audience, you don't have theater. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're just basically up there reading the TV guide. Yeah. I mean, mean, we can talk about the art of acting and all that, but it's like live theater especially is not intended to be done in a vacuum. Right. Heck, even the recorded mediums such as the movies and the uh, television or whatever, you know, they're no good if somebody doesn't see them. I mean, that's the only reason to do it is for the audience. Exactly. And, and, and live, is, in my opinion, is so much more special because you're you're in the moment with them. Everybody is in that moment yep. together. Exactly. Um, which makes it even more special. And also, speaking of audiences, uh, something that... Every community group, I think, knows and realizes, but I've always found it fascinating, is that every audience is different. Oh yeah, and that's and that to me is is fascinating. Um, and now we had two newer, well, one definitely brand new actress in in Twilight, and then one who's had never done anything uh, drama wise. Uh, both of them knocked it out of the park. Might might add. So Mark and Andy, if you're listening, we still they're not listening. Okay. <laughs> Mark and Andy, please turn turn on your <laughs> turn it on. Go, go down, go down. Uh, Apple Podcast. <laughs> yes, please turn this turn this on. But no, um, you know, after the first night, the first night opening night, we were blown. I was blown away by how much laughing there was. They got all the jokes. They were laughing at things that really weren't technically supposed to be funny, but they found humor in it. The second night, it was. They were I, now. They were leaning in front. You know, they were leaning forward. They were intent, but there was even the jokes that we had weren't. There wasn't a lot of laughter. And my Andy even said uh, uh, afterwards, she said, well, "Well, what did we do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. This is just how audiences react, and it to me is a fascinating thing. It is. Now, I I'll tell you, and and we can talk more about this, and when we get to what's wrong with directors. Um, <laughs> I but, can't wait. <laughs> This is about you. It's about Strong me. Filled. I've always told the audience or the, the, the cast the second night, I said, okay, got to be careful not to let down. You're going to be upset because this cast isn't, you know, the audience may not react the same way. They may not laugh the way. But one of the first things you have to ask is, are you performing the same way? 
um, which is kind of harsh on the cast because chances are they are. Yeah. But but I try to warn them it's going to be different. Yeah. Um, but but sometimes there, I've seen cast actually just let down because once you get and I do not think this was the case in the, this last show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen it where it's like, oh, we got through opening night, we're good, we're golden, and they get complacent. Yes. And that's not the audience's fault. Right. So if the audience isn't reacting, sometimes, you know, it's I I don't think you can just make a blanket statement one way or the other that it's the audience's fault or the cast's fault. Right. Because, again, it's a, ultimately a collaboration. Both have to come together. Oh, sure. And, and like I say, that group mind may be different. I personally have always found that Friday night audiences tend to be more reactive than any other audiences. Yep. Saturday, because I think it's because they just got off of work. They've uh, had a cocktail. Had, maybe had a cocktail, dinner, whatever, and they're ready to laugh. They're mm-hmm. ready to release tension. Saturday... They've been doing chores, running around, um, whatever. But they're Watching more the they're more relaxed mood Soccer to start games. with. Yeah. You know, the the tension of the work week is already gone, and this mm. of course doesn't apply to all people because not everyone works a you know Monday Friday nine to five anymore. Mm-hmm. But but still, it's it's I think it has to do it, and and Sunday groups actually pick up again. Um, you know, Saturday for whatever reason, in my mind has always been the iffy, the iffy crowd. But I think that's also part of the beauty of how you said live theater, you're in the moment. No two shows are ever the same. You may think it is, but it's not. I mean, from an actor standpoint, you don't always deliver the same the lines the same exact way. There's a you can't deliver the line this at all. Or sometimes you don't. Exactly. <laughs> so, it, so it does. It's it, you could you know you could always joke. You come see the show twice because you never know what you're going to see, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Not only from an audience standpoint, because I think. That's the other thing audience members don't understand or, or maybe don't comprehend is that how much we feed off of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We can tell, like on opening night, when they started laughing, we were backstage, like, all right, we got them. Mm-hmm. We're already laughing at the, at the first couple of bits here, so mm-hmm. we're going to be good. Then, again, the second night, well, they're not what's going on, so you have to kind of adjust your energy levels. And I think that that's, that's another thing that's that – go ahead. Oh. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to wait. Um, but I think that is also a danger for uh, – for the cast, especially if you have a great opening night with an audience that is like just laughing and blah blah blah, and then that second night you don't get that. I think it's it can be easy for a cast to be in the middle of that show and go, we're not getting the same reaction, and then all of a sudden their energy goes down because it's like, well, what am I working my, you know, took us off for? I think that's a, there's a danger there. Yeah, yes, Bob just keeps staring. <laughs> I'd like I'm, to I'm let scared. people finish their thoughts okay <laughs> since you don't have one we'll continue <laughs> i have no more thoughts sir no more <laughs> no, no, i'm done <laughs> that will be please, please everyone in the future either cut this out or it's just joking folks yes it is it's, it's gonna all, be it's one heck of a documentary about this podcast one day i tell you someday that. someday yeah peter jackson's got a lot of work with him. He's, he's he's just waiting for the contract um, <laughs> but yeah and again like i say it's that the the group mind and and you just don't know how the audience as a group is going to react i mean Size of the audience matters. You know, if you got ten people in an audience, you got a hundred people. It's a whole different ballgame. Ten people won't laugh, no matter what, because they don't feel they have the. Oddly enough, I think when there's a small group, there's not enough uh, anonymity. Is that the right word? Yep. They can't be anonymous. Um, oh, everyone's going to see me laugh, so I can't laugh. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're a group of, you know, hundred or two hundred, uh, certainly a thousand, 
everybody can laugh because nobody's going to know it's me. Or, mm-hmm. as one of our oldest members has brought up, you're a small audience, everybody get together. <laughs> Come on, move down, move down. You can move over here, you can move over here. There's a seat up here. Come here, sir. Sit there. Okay, now we'll start the show. Don't be afraid to laugh because it's funny. <laughs> they worked real hard on this. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Oh, if this is a comedy, you're supposed to laugh, so please laugh for him, will you please? <laughs> one, one cannot underestimate the the power of the pre-show announcements. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but in 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 a different set sense, a psychological sense, they do have to be given permission to laugh, especially when they're coming into what they think is a a, a drama. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you promote it, this is going to bring you to tears. This is a, they forget that all good dramas have humor in them. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, at least that's been my experience. You can't really have the you know, humor and the sad; they go together. Mm-hmm. Um, the, most playwrights, you know, if you just you know, if you're trying to do King Lear, which has virtually, which even that has humor in it. Um, but if you're doing this is just too depressing and we're going to do one depressing thing and everybody's going to do the wrong thing from start to bottom. You're watching The Lovers, part two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think we have to do that show now. It's been referenced so many I would times. Spons- I would sponsor a reading of it and charge people 50 cents to come to see it, seven fifty to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> the door will be locked. In, but yeah. and, and the trouble is, you know, I can't remember really if it's part one or part two, but everybody only does the one part. It's like, how awful is the other part? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best one. <laughs> no, I, I, I gotta I, look that. That's my up. personal. I'm with Bob on that one. It's like, don't just don't. I think some groups do it because they think it's a prestige because of the way they're doing it, where it is set in, I believe it's set in Scotland, Ireland. Scotland, I think. Scotland. Hmm. It basically, a boy and a girl are leaving to start a new life, and then they disappear. Maybe it's Ireland. That sentence Spoilers, stri- Bob. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the wrong island? No, <laughs> you said what happened? You gave away the ending. That's my whole thing. <laughs> That's we just shirt. saved we just <laughs> saved you four hours of your life. And, and I'm going to go back. Maybe it's Irish. I don't know. It's one, bad because one, when you're trying to do an accent, you're supposed to be Transylvanian, sir. Okay. <laughs> the most interesting way Try to be is, is how, except I, I almost think they're on a lock, not a lake. I think it was just the bad accent the poor, poor boy was trying to do. But But what's... The most interesting thing about the show is to see how many different ways they can visualize this this lakefront. Or lock. Or lock. I, I think it's. Irish. It was a lot less. We, we you know, we got we only have a lot less of a lock. We only yes. have the world of a Google at our fingertips here. I suppose we could. We're all these. Uh, the, keep talking uh, about audiences. I'll look it up. No, no, no that's all right. We'll wait. <laughs> and so they waited, said the announcer. And they wondered what would be of their new life, and they looked over each other and thought, well, I'm not going to say a bloody word. He's on Google. <laughs> Folks, he's entertaining now, but you should see when he's not on his meds. It's even better. What? <laughs> Part two, winners and losers. Joe Rogan, try and top this, pal. Top this. Here, take my beer, eh? <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Um, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you had one night where you did get a standing ovation. Did not know was that the night when everybody rushed to give Andy the flowers and we couldn't see anything? Is that what <laughs> no, that that was not quite the same <laughs> experience. No, but uh, you did have one night where you uh, were um, not everybody, but you had four people stand up. Now I think our our friend Roxanne started that. Gotcha. Okay. Roxanne shot right up, and then a, a few others. And I thought, well, good. I have a horribly nitpicky note for for you for the show. Okay. Which is over, which you may redirect in the future. Okay. Someone should have had an AIDS ribbon. Uh, yeah. You are right. A, You're right. He should have had a red one coming yeah. from the funeral. Yeah. That, Parents that, should oh. have had the yellow for bring back the hostages. That's the same time period. The, the Iranian hostages? Mm-hmm. Would have been a little earlier. Yeah, because that was in the seventies, and we're, we were. They never take them off. Oh. I, I don't, I'm, I'm sticking with the red. There. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we definitely. Should, yeah. I think that would have been just. And I remember that because I think I want to direct Annie next, so I think we'll we'll have Daddy Warbucks just wear a red ribbon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it would clash with their no red sense. curly hair. <laughs> just true. when you thought he wasn't listening. <laughs> No, no. I, I'm fine. Oh, no, he found Don't pictures of Mrs. Hannigan. I'm, I'm done, though. <laughs> it, the show is by Brian Friel. And it's a United Kingdom press, which kind of leads to me think that it's um, It's in an anthology book somewhere. There. No, he was an Irish dramatist. Okay, there we go. Part one is winners. Part two is losers. But I think we all lose from what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like there are no winners in this. Yeah, it's no dancing at Lunasa. Well, what is? Uh, which is which is a, a, a great one, which apparently I guess he already he wrote as well. It's described as the Irish checkoff, so that tells you how exciting it is. Um, Sign me up. You know, I always preferred Sulu. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I, think I, so. I didn't know it was the same man who wrote Dancing in Lunasa, so I like to dance in Lunasa. I've seen both Act 1 and Act 2 because they've come to Act Fest at different times. One group chose to do the first act, one group chose the second act. So it's like, well, there we go. Now I've seen the whole show. No collusion. Uh, no collusion. No collusion. That's a nice thing. That's a fun thing about uh, these uh, festivals. You never know what's coming on stage. Uh, might be something absolutely brilliant, like uh, my performance with Prospero and The Tempest. Prospero, Prospero, I don't know. Folks, they're still talking about it. <laughs> still, I am, at least. Dave is. <laughs> I didn't say who. So, okay, not knowing what's going to be edited out of this. But anyway, so it, I believe it's Irish. <laughs> going back to the answer. Um, but, yeah, if, if you see it, I, I say, no, oh my gosh, stay away. Run. Oh, but, and Bob, Bob saw it, too, and had the same opinion. But, like I say, I think it's only um, it's only part one. or I'd have to read them, but I think only only the one part ever gets done. Should I tell them the story? So if, that, if they were the winners... Then it's, you tell the story. We don't want to lose our audience. The losers do we? must be even okay. more sad. We were, we saw the show at Act Fest. The way the Act Fest works is there is a set time that you have to set up, set time for you to perform, set time for you to set strike your set and get into holding pattern. Meanwhile, the seating is open. There's no assigned seating. There's no tickets. Just basically pick a seat and park it. We're getting, it's winter. We have our heavy jackets. 
we're shoving our jackets into the bottom of the auditorium seat and someone ahead of us said something and David stiffened like someone had shoved a cattle prod in his right ear and just went what did they just say like it's the lovers part two did they say part two yes grab grab your coat just do it just grab it I'm I'm not joking literally we had three steps out into the main aisle and you could hear the junk of the auditorium doors close and junk locked. David dejectedly just turned and went, we're trapped. Uh, in his first Herman Munster groan. And so we experienced the lovers. Part two. Losers! <laughs> And the story shall be retold over and over at every cast party. <laughs> Other than that, it was a great festival. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there they, was one, they did a nice job. I mean, you know, but, but the script is what the script is. The, there was, but there was, uh, oh, the evangelical one. Cotton Patch Gospel. Cotton Patch Gospel. That actor was amazing. He stood six foot two on stage. He was great. He comes down to talk to his folks who are seated about maybe five seats away from us. And he's like five, two. <laughs> but when he was on stage, my God, the energy that man put out, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God. And then you saw him like, oh my God. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance to go to ActFest, go well worth your time, money, and you're pumping a little bit more money into the local economy wherever it's being held. Um, I think this one, at the risk of somebody someday from the cast of Lovers <laughs> listening to us. Um, I wasn't talking about your <laughs> this, this This festival had me in Grand Rapids, I believe. It's where we also discovered that delightful play, Lemonade. Oh, yeah. Um, which I still think we should do. Oh. I've heard that. We should do Lemonade. It's a two-woman show. We should. It's a drama. We, yep. Okay. You think it's drama? I always thought it was a comedy. It's a weird, I, it's a weird, I think I've seen that show. I think comedy. The group I don't I think we've done it in Monroe. No, I think the group I used to up we in Ipsy, I think, did it. it. You're right. Because I thought it would be good for it. Roxanne and Mary. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But we'll be. have open auditions. <laughs> As all of our auditions are. <clears throat> so... Be a 14 week rehearsal schedule, um, and we'll see what happens. 14 weeks, at least 20. Oh, well. Five days? Yeah. But we're going to change the costuming. <laughs> sequins. I see sequins. Yes. Um, so, so audiences. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what, what we were talking about. <laughs> that's what we were talking about. <laughs> we were part of the audience during the lovers thing. We were right. still on track. I, I felt like I was part of that audience. Yes. I thought you did. I, I thought did. you did. I knew you would. <laughs> so, so me right in. I think we've covered what we. The real part of the audience is is really just to pay attention, um, mm-hmm. and and to react accordingly. I think and respect at. and respect. I you think know, there's respect just, what's happening. Yeah, you know, to quote somebody I just heard recently, you know, they worked real hard on this. <laughs> um, I can't remember what show it was. I think it was uh, Mice and Men. I'm on stage, and suddenly I heard this clomping through the. It was like Bigfoot was running through the auditorium. <laughs> it's like. Sit down, whoever you are. Sit down, and if if you gotta leave, do it. Quiet.
quietly. Yeah. Now, we, we did have a situation where someone had to leave because of an emergency. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you, even then, finding out afterwards, that's great. Because during the show, it was in a small venue like ours. It was like, what the heck did I just do that made... The, right. you know, why are they walking out now? Especially in a show like this. Because, right. Because there are so many, you know, interesting themes and controversial <laughs> themes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I watched that person, those people leave. Well, he left, and then he came back and grabbed whoever he was with, and then they left. And I was like, oh. and we were just at the beginning of Act 2, so I, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... During my, my, my little speech. I'm like, we... we and yeah, it was during. It your, wasn't during my monologue. It was no. It was during was your, at, at Mark, at Mark at, at, uh, David, David, the character of David. David. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought, wow, we really, we we pushed some buttons there. But unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfor- unfortunately, it was a, a health issue with somebody in the family. And I think that brings up a point too that, <clears throat> as an audience member, you are responsible for knowing what type of show you're going to see. Yeah, producers. Um, Carl Hauser and I, Carl, love you, Carl. He's still with us. Still uh, we were doing box office, and I remember a woman came up with her younger child, and she bought tickets. And I looked at Carl, and I'm like, are we really going to do this? He's like, hmm. it's like, it's, you know, it's on her to know what's going to be on that stage, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my particular night to be able to go in and watch the show. So I went and I sat down, <clears throat> and I want to say it was pretty close to the beginning of the, of the show where you and Debbie Day end up on the couch. Oh, my cracked ribs. So the minute that <laughs> happens... I immediately see where that woman's sitting. Up comes Johnny's hand, and away they go out the door. Mm-hmm. And at intermission, I went and I asked Carl. I said, hey, I said, what happened? He's like, well, he's like, you know, I, I gave her her money back because she was pretty upset. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you got to know it's, what you're going to see. Exactly. Yeah, you know? and, and that's true. I, I think you know, you got to do a little research as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that just because it's a community theater, it's going to be family-friendly right. fair. Yeah, all and, time. and not all, the, you know, like we, we tend to put on our posters you know mature show for mature audiences mm-hmm. but not all groups do that and especially right. a big show like the producers which the assumption is that you have an idea what it's about it's mel brooks that well should tell you enough right there. that should tell you enough right there there's going to be plenty of innuendo and jokes and yeah and it's and even that is to me more of a bugs bunny sort of violence sort of it's not real it's not supposed to be i mean it's there for the comedy right right it's there for it so i don't see that as offensive I've seen it on Broadway. We we went the first time we ever went and saw a book of uh, the Book of Mormon, which on Broadway, and so you would think that these people that come see this show, and we were sitting up there in the in the balcony watching watching the show, and I kid you not, there was about four different couples before Act One was over that got up in a huff and marched off, and I thought. You spent a lot of even balcony seats. We all know on Broadway is expensive. Yeah. You spent a lot of money to go see this. Why didn't you find out what it was about beforehand? The Book of Mormon, it's a comedy, and it's by the people from South Park. Because they wanted a reason to be offended, so tell their peer group. Mm-hmm. Look That's how bad awesome. I, I did this. It was so horrible, we had to leave. It's like, well, you know it was bad before you walked in. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll tell our listeners now, if you're going to see the Book of Mormon and you're not offended... You didn't see the Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this show. Yeah. I mean, it was designed to offend. Yes. Um, but I, 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 I would I, still I'll, give I'll, it a thumbs up. I would say I'll see it anytime, I'll, anywhere. Me oh too. I love the Book of Mormon. It's, a, it's so wonderful. Could, I, that's one of the shows I don't see us ever being able to do, but I would no. love to do it. We'll never yeah. have that many men. Yeah. Well. That's part of the issue. Yeah. 
See, I stopped another conversation dead in its tracks. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> but superpower. Yeah. That's Bob's superpower. I don't shave my head. I don't have a running gag. That shall be my running gag. Well, you do have a full head of hair, and it would be difficult for you to shave it down as closely as I could for the role of Daddy Warbucks, for example. Brian could give me a run for my money in that, that department. Yes, hair alone. Don't even know what that meant. Who wants to rent your hair? <laughs> Don't. So, um, but, glad to be back, guys. Yeah, yeah, glad to be back. But uh, the but yes, yeah, so miss I, you, Carol. I absolutely agree. Agree that the uh, audience ha- has a responsibility before you go see a show. Oh yeah. Do a little research on it. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't especially this day and age. I I would be hard pressed to say there's any community theater that's doing something that is a hundred percent non-offensive because frankly people can find offense in oh, everything. everything yeah watch, watch music man with the right eyes and oh, there's plenty yeah. to be offended oh, sure. in there and that shows what 60 years old yeah king and i okay, oh yep. gosh oh lordy you really want to get something started kids met mm. Mm. no one does that anymore do they i wonder why i can't figure it out i don't know I mean, but there's plenty to be offended of, of anything. But but a lot of the modern shows. In fact, I'm a little surprised that the uh, mother and the child went out with the couch scene and producers, right? Because the swearing occurs earlier, right? <laughs> it's, it, oh, within, within the, the first within word. the first song, it's like boom. Okay, we just gave you everything you need to know about this show yeah. in one sentence. But why is it? And this, I know, we're, I'm hitting that tangent verse with this, and I think it's true, obviously. In theater definitely true in movies and really obvious in television everybody can get away with blowing things up hacking people and and i know how many parents will sit there and oh it's okay if jimmy watches that i don't care but you throw one woman walking into the house with her boobs showing and everybody's like my god we can't see this 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 can't be on tv it's like so violence is okay swearing is okay but anything sexual is no. I don't get that. That's dirty. Yeah. I don't get that. I don't care if he's watching George Hack Burt, but I don't want him seeing George sleeping with, you know, with Bert. Caroline or with Bert <laughs> or Ernie. Either way. But um And then there's that I don't bird. What? And then there's that filthy bird. <laughs> and then there's that filthy bird. You can see it with rings around its legs. You know what those mean, don't you? I thought, I thought that was the age of the bird, but I don't know. I'm afraid to ask. I know. And then it's only 15. Well. Swear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pray on this. But, no, but you're absolutely you're right. right. It has yeah. to you do with our, our society. Is, um, probably hung up on the wrong things sometimes. I sometimes I think they are. In England, with the BBC, they're out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's walking from a shower scene to shower scene, both male, female, 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 male, male, whatever. They don't care. They don't care. It's called, we want to tell the story. This is how you have the information mm-hmm. before they get to the office in the next scene. Well, my understanding yeah. is in oh, yeah. Europe in general is, is less hung up about sex than we are. You know, it's something going back to our puritanical um, original settlers, colonists. Um, you know, it's freedom of speech as long as it's my speech. Mm-hmm. As long as we agree with, yeah. as long as we approve it. 
but but I mean that that's something we're not going to solve in our little podcast. No. But but it is something for frankly for theaters to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected even way back when when we did uh, the best little horse in Texas. To me, I was a little impressed that we didn't have a single picketer, and that was at a time what this would have been what the eighties, early eighties. This I, was at a time when they were changing the name of the show to the Chicken Ranch because yeah. people were finding the name best little horse. I'm offensive. surprised. And kind of amazed by Monroe not sending a letter to the editor about your show. Wow. Now that's yeah. really I, impressive. Yeah. And I don't say that often about Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos. Yeah. I, I definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's, and it's funny because when I, when I went, uh, was with you guys way back in, in the day, and then I went up and started working at Ipsy for a while. The very first show we did, and and, and again, and this was back in what ninety seven or ninety eight. Uh, the difference uh, between the Ann Arbor Ipsy mindset and the Monroe mindset, um, and I know I've said it several times on this show already, but Bent was the first show I did up there, which was a heavy drama about you know Nazi Germany and that sort of thing. And then the very first scene of this opening show is uh, the character of Max. I believe his name was Max, with his um, night, who he picked up for that night. And the guy that comes out, his his lover of the night, comes out in full frontal nudity and does this, their whole first scene with him in the nude and, and all that. And I thought, I just remember sitting there going, this could never, ever sell in Monroe. It, it, it couldn't. But now I look at it and go, I don't think it could sell in Monroe. <laughs> I was just thinking again. My mind always drifts back to who we usually cast. Oh, that's the biggest thing to yeah, stop well, this. There is. It stopped yeah. us from thinking about doing the full Monty. Yeah, yeah. we start. I plotting. still think we could have done that. I think we could do the full Monty. Yeah. It was just one of those. We just need a lighting it. person, a really good lighting person. Well, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, the whole point of the full money is they're average guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And you know what? We're all that age. Who cares who sees our shortcomings? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and on that note, hey. I happen to notice that we might be running a little short on time. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris? Listen, I, I never, I appreciate you, you guys so much because I never know exactly where the shows are going to go and you never, and you, you do not fail to disappoint. <laughs> And we're off. Is everybody confused? Good, I'm gone. <laughs> and and I appreciate, of course, each and every one of you out there listening to us. Um, love it when we go out in the public and actually people say, hey, I listen to the podcast too. I know you're all trying just to get a free mug, but keep it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we still haven't got that email, though, though we no. did give, give out a free mug. We did. Because so, we got a, got a response on Facebook. So mm-hmm. you know, come look for us at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. Uh, if you want to email us at MonroeCommunityPlayers at Yahoo.com, just be sure to, to mention the podcast in the subject line so we know it's for the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, we promise to read every email we get, and so far it's been quite a chore because we're getting ones a day. Um, <laughs> a genuine no prize is going out to you. <laughs> we, we should resurrect the no prize. But let's do the no prize. Do the no prize. Yeah. And a mug. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But and you know, so find us on Facebook, Monroe Community Players. But be sure to look for Monroe Community Players in Monroe, Michigan. 
which of course is where this is uh, show is being recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown. And we are the Groupies, and we're looking forward to seeing you in the green room.